Welcome to the Changing Currents podcast. I'm your host, Indy Purnell, and it is here that I choose to share with you words and conversations in an open-minded, open-bodied way about things that I'm learning, that I believe in, and that I deem worth hearing. Hoping that together we can create change both inside and out by consciously directing our energy and focus into the people, places and things that we truly care about. All right, episode number nine, here we go. Today, I want to talk about courage and yeah when I say courage what do you think of when I say bravery where does your mind wander because I've been wondering why it is that we're taught as kids that courage is more often than not when we or someone else perform some outrageous physical act or participates in an extreme sport or a profession where lives are put on the line. Like, do you picture someone walking on a tightrope between two skyscrapers or base jumping off a cliff in the middle of nowhere? Or does your mind turn to firefighters striving to save lives in danger or even a superhero saving the world? Because if, you're, if you do, you naturally think of any one of these things or something similar. I'd say that's pretty common because that's what we're taught. We grow up and courage seems something kind of just beyond reach or you have to do something extreme for it to be respected as that. And all these things are well and good, especially the mention of firefighters. I hold a lot of respect for them. Do not get me wrong. But I want to say that bravery and courage doesn't just exist in these extremes. Instead, I think a lot of bravery and courage in my view of it, comes from the psychology behind it, which is not overtly obvious. And if, and yeah, if you put it this way, if base jumping is something that you do every other day, then is it still a courageous act or sport or activity? It's no doubt remarkable and exhilarating, I'm sure, and so, so cool to watch. But what we deem as courageous or impressive, I believe says a lot more about where our edges lie and where we have and haven't been for ourselves. Because everything is so relative, so, so, so relative. And we can't, we can't measure another person's internal experience. And that's what I think courage is about because for someone else to get out of bed and to face the day or to walk out the front door and check the mailbox 
that may be an incredibly courageous act and worthy of celebration. And I'm being mindful not to say just get out of bed and just go to the mailbox because for one person, it might see seem super insignificant, but that does not or that shouldn't detract from another person's reality. And I just find it so fascinating. And I think it's important to remember that what is or isn't normal for us changes between each and every one of us. Even our best friend, our mom, our dad, our siblings, our neighbors, we all have a different experience of life and what goes on outside and how we present externally doesn't always align with what's going on inside. Even, even if, even if someone does live in alignment with their inner landscape, it will never, it will never be exactly exactly the same and we can I don't think we'll ever be able to get inside one another to see what they see and all the rest which is I mean frustrating at times but also I'm very glad and I love it because I feel like it would do more harm than good and I hope I hope it doesn't come to that I like that there's choice involved in how we showcase ourselves And it's just like how we can't see what others see. We might be able to agree that something in front of us both is orange, the color orange, but my orange might be your blue or your blue might be my green. Like what we use as a label, a word, may be consistent in our experience of that and we're taught the same thing in front of us is that but that doesn't mean that we're actually perceiving the same thing and we might sit together looking out across a mountainscape mountains and admire their ridiculous beauty but what we agree to be (laughs) a mountain might be a mountain for me, um, but a huge rhino sitting on the horizon for you. And that might sound ridiculous, but there's no way of knowing what a rhino, what we agree to be a rhino doesn't mean that you see the shape of a rhino. (laughs) Anyways, um, I think what I'm trying to say is that I can't see what you see. And there's no guarantee that we're looking at the same physical object. And experience is so relative, so subjective. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, that words can be really limiting, especially when we're describing intangible feelings. It's one thing when we're describing a physical object that we can experience through touch and sight and our senses, describing what cannot be 
seen, touched, felt in that way is tricky, but I reckon most definitely worth giving it a go. So today I want to talk about the courage to ask questions and to speak your truth, which is an interesting topic um, because some people might say that I'm brave to speak with an intention to be real here on this podcast. And well, to an extent, yes, like it doesn't come easily for me, but I am willing and I do have that intention, but I'm only learning how to do that now. And yes, I might quite happily talk about my experience with whether it be, um, yeah, various mental health things or my experience with an eating disorder or my parents' divorce or different relationships, friendships and dynamics, whatever it be. And I'm more open today than ever before. But there is also still a lot that I do not speak of. And that's because they're still quite charged and emotionally potent for me which like that's okay like and I think that context is important and it's not like I am willing to have conversations with myself about these things and with different supports whether formal or informal um but it's also important to choose what is and isn't going to be helpful for you Yeah, and it's a lot easier to speak of tough times retrospectively because you know you got through it. You made it to the other side, you survived, and you're here to tell the tale. And it's something that I am focusing on um, because I'm in awe of and inspired by people who are able to... speak their experiential truth and their struggles while they're going through it and yeah it's interesting to be a part of that and to learn from others because some things that I'm now very willing to speak of at the time when like I was going through them, I didn't tell a single soul. And yeah, it takes its toll. So I want to talk about the courage involved with speaking about these things and how we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't need to feel ashamed about them. Like emotions, I said it before, energy and motion is just life happening through us and there really is no right or wrong it's really just how we communicate that effectively so yeah I am on my own way to not to but on my own way practicing 
this, I'm going to say it's like narrowing a reflective discrepancy. So you have your experience and you feel that experience, you're present in that experience and being able to share that rather than later down the track being like, oh, I felt like this then. And well, I'm here now, I've overcome it. And narrowing that gap. So it's like, okay, you're with yourself as you're going through it. And you're able, you have the capacity to share that with people who you choose to. Again, formal or informal supports. And selecting friends that are able to hold that. And likewise in return. And I've definitely narrowed this discrepancy with my relationship with myself and I've got a pretty good grip of it. And with others, I am <laughs> I'm getting better, which is good. We like that. And a conversation, a conversation takes two people, which is <laughs> funny because I'm talking to myself now. But um, some people are easier to talk to and other people can really get under your skin and test your patience and capacity to be and to listen and to respect difference if it arises. But what I do want to say on that front is that it is, although this may be the case, it is really hard to get mad at someone who is speaking vulnerably and from the truth of their heart. So this is an invitation from me to you, to us, to be that person and to try and find the words to express yourself. And worst case scenario, if it's not well received, at least you can know that you tried that you tried to move toward the problem. And in doing so, you're also trying to, well, you are, you're being open to creating a solution, which is awesome. And yeah, I hope you're not made to feel bad for doing that. But you, have, you do have to be careful how you, how you do communicate. There is an art to it and an art that I choose and want to practice because humans are social, social beings, and I think it's very important. And it's, yeah, it's a two-way thing. There's the art of asking questions and the art of answering questions and to, and to frame your words in a way that reduces the risk of misinterpretation, um, which is very particular to the individual you're conversing with. And to consider how it may be received by this person and to not take the stance that you are right and they are wrong, but to reiterate that, well, for example, you might say something like, I. I would like for you to hear me out and to please 
not interrupt while I speak because this is how I feel about this and I would like to understand this more if you're willing to explain your take on it because in the future I would prefer this or this. So you you keep it quite open and with minimal judgment and it's emphasising how you're feeling, your experience of whatever circumstance it is. It, you can apply it to so many different contexts. Um, but, yeah, I think it's quite effective to think about, well, first you have to reflect and realise how you do feel and to recognise what the trigger actually was and who was involved and what you would prefer in the future. You're not just addressing a problem, you're offering some kind of some kind of solution to solve the issue. And you also provide offer them with space to speak their experience of it. So it's not just a one-way thing, but you're also setting a boundary and being like, you know, hear me out fully, please don't interrupt because you want to get your message across. And then from there, depending on how they respond, you go with it. You see, you see how the conversation evolves. And yeah, as I said in the last episode with Mia, The first step is the recognition and awareness of how you're feeling and this, the source of whatever the kerfuffle is. That's step number one. And then it becomes a practice. And in this case, it's a practice of communications where both parties have to hold space to listen and to express. And then you dance together. (laughs) The conversation dances And sometimes the dance ends pretty quickly. And sometimes so many different doors are opened up and it's a wonderful thing. And so what happens when we don't express ourselves? In my experience, when we don't do this and my belief system, what I align with is that it creates an energetic block in in our bodies and relevant to this using our voice to communicate briefly I'll touch on the the throat chakra your vishuddha chakra and when we don't use our voice and communicate this chakra will quite likely be in disarray and the way that the chakras work they are more or less balls of energy, wheels of energy that spin. And they can go out of balance or they can be in balance. And they each are linked to to a different aspect of ourselves. And when in balance, Vishuddha translates to purification which I find really interesting because 
when you're not using your voice, it feels yucky and kind of toxic and like it, it builds up inside of you. And so when something hasn't been addressed, this Vishuddha chakra, your throat chakra, will quite likely be out of balance. And in contrast, when it is in balance, there is this purity and clarity in your communication and expression, which is so liberating. Like going back to the whole extreme sports and stuff or different physical acts of courage in their initial form when it when the fear is really <laughs> built up um, or the anticipation. Say, for example, first time you're jumping off a cliff into water. The moment where you jump off the edge and you're in the air and then when you plunge into the water, it's liberating. Like when we're, when there's risk involved, and I'm not encouraging everyone to go jump off cliffs, um, but when there's risk involved, we often feel extra alive because there's that gripping, teasing, and adrenaline involved. And I think that's similar when, when you have, when you execute a conversation that isn't the easiest, but you have been dwelling upon. When you actually have the conversation, it's like, ah, so good. <laughs> um, and yeah, so there are lots of ways that you can get chakras into balance. And I actually might do a later episode about it because I've been getting really around them um but for your throat one yeah you can write you can sing you can chant you can speak there's so many ways to get it moving and it begins with listening to yourself and seeing what comes up and going with it because its enemy is lies and secrets and suppressing feelings. Yeah. And on the flip side, if someone, if you're, if you're cruising, you, you don't have anything urgent that you need to express, if someone else asks you a question or chooses to express themselves, their experience, a concern, whatever it is, please hear them out. It's like if they're, if they're putting their heart on their sleeve, if they are opening up to you, hear them out. And if they ask you a question, answer it and offer yourself up a bit too. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but hear them out and just... Don't shut them down. If it's not something that you wanted to hear or that you want to reciprocate or you don't want the conversation to continue, that's okay. Say that because speak that. If that's your truth, then speak that in response. 
but it is an act of courage to be an initiator in this regard. Again, so many different contexts. I don't know what's popping into your head, but yes, I, I want to encourage people if they're coming from a good intention and a good place, then I want to support that. That doesn't mean that you disregard your own truth, but you don't disregard theirs either. Like I said, conversation involves two people. And if it's a conversation that you're invested in, then you've got to meet them partway. And worst case scenario, if you've got two people being open or more than two people, if you've got a situation where people are consciously choosing to speak honestly, worst case scenario, you'll learn what you don't want or what was something that was already in misalignment, which is not a loss, it's a win. I see it as a win-win situation. And sure, I like that there's stuff in life that we don't know and that life and that life brings with it many mysteries that have the potential to evolve. But life and progress relies upon someone, something initiating movement. So if you want to know something, ask the question. And I know a lot of people these days don't really have that frame of mind. But if, if passivity is taking its toll and you do feel these blocks and things you want to say but you don't, you don't have the guts to, well, I want to just tell you that you do have the guts to. And why not? Because yes, our ego will tell us a million reasons why not. But I right now can't think of a valid reason why not to speak your truth if you do it in a conscious, mindful way. Like I said before, framing it for the individual in a way that holds hope in a solution. And if you're friends with me, you've probably heard me say, live with high hopes and low expectations. And that's kind of a philosophy that I remind myself of somewhat frequently because having high hopes, you, yeah, you're hoping for the best but you're not anticipating, expecting the desired outcome. So, and if, you're, if you don't hold an expectation and an assumption, then you're not really going to be let down, whatever the result is. But if you're hoping, then you've got that good energy flowing out and you're attracting that hope. But without expectation, you have a greater ability to accept whatever comes. If that makes sense. 
Yeah. And questions, it takes courage to ask some questions and questions open up doors. And that's why I love them. They open up doors and answers open up more questions and therefore more doors. And they can also close doors if that's what was meant to be. And some things we will never know. Arguably, no one really knows anything. Um, And I think that just sometimes people take life too seriously and they're concerned that they'll do the wrong thing and asking a question or saying something will be taken the wrong way or will shake things up. But if you want change deep down, you got to do something about it. And asking questions and communicating, expressing yourself, if nothing else is a really good way to grow. And you might outgrow some people along the way or you might grow with them. And that's more or less what I wanted to say in today's episode. I'll finish by saying that there is no right or wrong in your experience. Your experience is your experience. And I think that interference with truth or unconsciously assuming things is where problems arise between people. And I know that there are many other ways we can communicate with each other. But words is what I wanted to focus on today. So let's go and learn the languages of those we care about, including yourself. Just see, life's an experiment and see what effect words have and see who receives you in your truest state. Because there there will be people and there will also be people who don't, don't quite accept you for you. But you can't please everyone. So yeah, go chuck your ego in the back seat and get friendly with that nervous feeling and take take some initiative and untangle those blockages and bottled up emotions and words and feelings and all that jazz that might be residing in you. Yeah. <laughs> See ya.